Welcome to the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, your go-to resource for navigating the world of entrepreneurship. In this episode, we'll explore how Chesterton's fence can be a guiding principle for entrepreneurs as they navigate the complexities of innovation and change in the business world. Understanding this principle can lead to more effective and sustainable business solutions. Stay tuned as we unfold the layers of Chesterton's wisdom and its applications in entrepreneurship. The Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast is your ultimate launch pad for igniting ideas and skyrocketing your entrepreneurial dreams. Tune in, buckle up, and let's unleash the entrepreneurial spirit within. Your two hosts will be Professor Gary Palin and serial entrepreneur Ryan Budner. Hello, Ryan. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Can you believe it's already 2024? No, I, I actually can't. I'm not ready for it. Uh, that went by fast. It seems like we were just uh, right before Christmas. It's a big milestone for us doing these podcasts for a while as well. Yeah, we've been doing it for a year and a half. It's really exploded. We've been listened to right now in 85 different countries. That's the particular statistic that keeps blowing my mind. It's really cool to see that value being added. It's working out really well. It's much beyond what we expected. Yeah. Today, I have something that's different. I think it'd be a fairly quick episode, but it's about a topic that very few people know about. It's called Chesterton's Fence. Have you ever heard of that? I have to admit, before you told me we were doing a podcast episode about it, I had not. <laughs> so I quickly familiarized myself with what it was. It's just a very simple concept, and it's originated in the 20th century uh, writer by the name of G.K. Chesterton. He came up with a parable. Now, the story, I don't know the exact parable he wrote in his book, but the story I heard, it was about don't remove a fence unless you understand why the fence was put there in the first place. And the story behind that was there was a farmer that had to climb over this old dilapidated fence to get to the village. And he's saying, this is irritating. I'm going to take the fence down. One of his neighbors was saying, now, we don't know why it's there. We shouldn't take it down. But the farmer took it down. Well, what happened is the sheep on a local ranch wandered into the cow pasture of another rancher. Sheep will eat the grass down to the roots, and it was killing all the grass, and the cows are having a hard time being fed. That's why the fence was there. The moral of the story is, Understand why there's either a fence or a policy procedure, et cetera, in your business before you decide to take it away. That's the concept of Chesterton's fence. Yeah, I like that. In my consultancy, I often see innovation for the sake of innovation. They don't realize what they're innovating on is there for a reason until you're significantly in the project. And then you hire somebody like me to evaluate whether you need to go forwards or not, or whether you should stop right now. Definitely. And in entrepreneurship, you have to look at existing business processes, the market dynamics, why customers make decisions before you decide to shift your direction. There's a, a lot that goes on that was put in place early on because someone had a good thought. And that good thought has then been iterated 20, 30, 40 times to the point where it stands right now. And it's sometimes hard to trace that thought back to why it was originally put in place. You see this in technology that's changing so rapidly, there tends to be a knee-jerk reaction to move quickly to the next technology without understanding the underlying logical purpose of the current existing structure. There's also something in technology where we try and imagine 10 steps ahead. And sometimes that's really innovative and that's what gets us to the next level. It's exciting, but that can also mean we're skipping the intro steps, skipping the first things that need to be put in place. 
When we were discussing having this topic for our episode, it reminded me of a company I worked with several years ago. They were an online retail business and they dealt with eco-friendly household products. At that time, there was quite a movement to moving to subscription-based models versus the purchase as we see in many online products today as the customer needs it. And this CEO very much wanted to go with the trend of subscription-based models. I understood what he was talking about. It would help his cash flow issue, flatten out all of his distribution sales, et cetera, and it's more predictable. I held him off. I said, let's take a look at this before we jump into this. We analyzed the customers from our surveys and research with the customers. The customers wanted the direct sales model. They understood what was in place and it, what value it offered to the customers because they liked the flexibility of choosing purchasing products as needed versus on a subscription. If he would have jumped to that, much of his growth would have stagnated and gone in reverse. What I suggested to him, and it worked out very well in the end, I said, why don't you do a hybrid? Offer the subscription base as an option, but keep your direct purchase as the main thrust of your business. He retained his customers, but there was a select niche that loved the subscriptions. So he got the best of both worlds. But if he wouldn't have analyzed why it was in place, what the customers were doing, he would have really messed up his business. That's a good example because you see that a lot now. Oh, you can get a discount by subscribing to the product 10% off if you buy it multiple times rather than just a single time. And there's major companies that I don't know if they were following specifically Chesterton and the fence principle, but they did implement that concept. So you think of Airbnb, they didn't immediately try to overturn the traditional hospitality models. They spent a lot of time understanding the existing structure, and then they created the hybrid concept with Airbnb, and that's proved to be quite a success. Yeah, I think they had a lot of education to do as well. Maybe the fence was people's understanding of traditional hospitality or their reservations to having strangers in their house. You have to educate around that before the fence could be taken down. On the flip side of that, I think of Kodak which is always a great example with their digital cameras of how they really made some errors. They didn't want to remove the fence because they were stuck in their structure, the existing models that were in place within the company where the customers were shifting dramatically and they lost their position as the leader in the industry. Yeah, one could say they were fortifying the fence instead of thinking about removing it. <laughs> exactly. So there's a couple of fairly well-known examples of the Chesterton's fence principle. One applied successfully, one applied unsuccessfully with Airbnb and Kodak. Another cool perspective on this is oftentimes we get frustrated by policies that are in place. It's difficult to understand why that's there. So this might be something to take the edge off the frustration. Think about why it was originally put in place before you just get annoyed by the policy that's there. I see that in academia all the time. They tend not to change. For example, every faculty member has a phone in their office. When you look at how often do they use their phone, the answer is never. How many times do they receive phone calls? The answer is never. Because both students and colleagues, we contact each other through email for the most part. Ryan, before we continue with today's topic, we're diving into the Janus Entrepreneurial Report. What makes this assessment so unique? Well, Professor Palin, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a game changer. It's not just another test. It's a comprehensive tool that evaluates your entrepreneurial leanings. It's like having a personal coach for your career. That's fascinating. How can someone benefit from using the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? 
It's a great question. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report helps individuals identify their tendencies in terms of entrepreneurship. It's not about getting a high score. It's about gaining valuable insights to enhance your entrepreneurial skills. So it's not just for seasoned entrepreneurs? Exactly. Whether you're starting your own business or aiming for a leadership role in your career, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report offers actionable insights for your personal and professional growth. Impressive. How can our listeners get started with the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's easy, Professor Balin. Just visit profspirit.com and take the assessment. It's a small investment and a potentially massive return. Well, there you have it. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a valuable tool for anyone looking to boost their entrepreneurial skills. It's a game changer, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. There's a link to access the Janus Entrepreneurial Report in this episode's description as well. Yeah. My fiance and I just got done renovating a house, and codes is the perfect example of this. It's hard to sometimes understand why specific codes are in place, but if you trace it back a couple times, I would ask the person that was helping us do that. And there's a very specific reason. Somebody did this at some point in time, and now it's set in place to protect that from happening again. It's obscure, but it's there to ultimately try and help. So it's not the issue of don't tear down the fence, but before you tear down the fence, understand why it's there. You look at politics, they never tear down any fences. Once something's implemented, it's implemented forever. Yeah, never give up ground. <laughs> I don't know if you know the concept of sales tax was a temporary tax. Is that right? Many, many decades ago, it was a temporary tax. I believe it was a temporary tax of 1% to get over the hump of a budget. And obviously that never went away. Yeah, try and talk to the state of Tennessee at 9.25%. You see all types of issues going on with government. I see it in academia that tend not to change things. I wonder if you could apply this same principle for fences that you're putting up, analyzing the long-term impact of a policy you're putting in place, knowing that if it is meant to be temporary, maybe stipulating that specifically, or just at least thinking about how that's going to impact other policies that are put on top of it. Exactly. And that was one of the points I wanted to make is understand before you innovate is really what you're saying. Yeah, there we go. And the risk component to either ignoring or implementing have to be analyzed. There we go. I like it. That's said very well, actually. Thank you. That's why they pay me the small bucks at the university. <laughs> There's a role for research and data in this concept, and we're always promoting to research and data, but yet another reason to make sure that you deal with that. And you want to respect the status quo, balance that with the desire for change. There are nuances there. One last point I wanted to make before we conclude, understand the veterans and long-term experts in your industry and understand their perspective. Because I hear very often, again, from students, they'll refer to things as, oh, that's old school. Old school might be there for a reason. Don't just discard old school because it's old. And don't just jump into the new latest wave because it's the new latest wave. Do your research and understand why. This could be a chance for me to take a jab at the old school person talking about not disregarding the old school ways. <laughs> you know, Ryan, the older you become, the older old becomes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm probably old to your students now. <laughs> Exactly. And I look at old as someone in their 90s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're young at heart. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you, I'm not worried about it. We have fun with it. It's all good. Before we conclude in the episode, any final thoughts on this concept? 
like you said at the beginning, I think this is a quick one, a cool way of thinking around problems when you've come across a hurdle. Is it a fence for a reason? Should the fence be taken down? It's a great mental tactic. I like the visualization concept of the fence. And that visualization very often helps when you're analyzing situations. Absolutely. Well, again, sounds like a game plan. Let's get entrepreneurial. Let's get entrepreneurial. As we wrap up another episode of the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, we extend our gratitude for your presence and attention. Your dedication to the entrepreneurial spirit fuels our passion for creating this podcast. Check out profspirit.com to discover resources and courses designed specifically for innovators like you. Stay on the cutting edge by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, and other platforms as it is released. Until then, keep the entrepreneurial flame burning. <laughs>